Number 17. Episode 17. Yes. It's like an echo in here. Really? <laughs> no, it's because I'm repeating everything you say. Oh, oh <laughs> I totally didn't get it. Oh. You know by the end of the week, you're just like mentally yes. fried. I'm ready for it to no longer being during the week. Yes, I'm ready for the weekend. That was a weird way of me <laughs> phrasing that. I was like, what is she getting at? That was a weird way of me phrasing that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I was yes. looking forward to this topic. I'm looking forward to your topic. You keep talking it up. Uh, watch it be Okay, terrible. I can see part of your paper. Already. So, the other day, I said to Jay, I said, you're in for a treat. And I told her, she goes, is that is that a hint? And I said, yes. Did you think about that hint? I just kept thinking of Halloween and trick-or-treating. You are very mistaken. Damn it! <laughs> you were nodding, so I thought I was right. <laughs> no. You're in... Ew. <laughs> For a treat. Ew. <laughs> so this is the P topic. So clever. <laughs> I even wrote it. Look, you're in for a treat at the top. Oh my God. So when I was looking online for my next, uh, my next topic, I went to one of my faves, list25.com. And I found, um, a list of 25. Yeah. We've, different... we've discussed this. Oh yeah. Yeah. On, yeah. on air. But, okay, thank you. Way to call me out. <laughs> but, um, so it had, uh, a, it has tons of lists, but I usually click, like, bizarre and lists, mm. and then one was, like, odd, uh, hygiene practices, mm. um, over history, and I was quite shocked how often urine was used in civilized society. So I decided I mean, it's pretty convenient. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to do a little bit of research on like what is this about? Like why are people using urine in and things? Like this is not necessarily current. A lot of it is from the Victorian era and Elizabethan era and a lot of it's um in Europe and the UK specifically. So I got all of my information from theguardian.com LiveScience.com, List25.com, and MentalFloss.com, which is also a wonderful uh, website. Yeah, I've heard of that website. So, the reasons that urine was used in a daily basis, uh, it was used for doing your laundry. What? Mm -hmm. So, on, <laughs> on the rare occasion that laundry was done... Um, hundreds of years ago. Let's try and think of it as like the 1700s is a good even time frame for, for these. You said 100 years ago? Se 17. So hundreds. Hundreds so, of yeah, Okay. I was yeah. like, that's not 100 years ago. No, hundreds. <laughs> so let's think anywhere between like the 1500s to like the late 1800s is pretty much where my topic is coming from, except for there's a little bit about ancient Rome. But so uh, on the rare occasion that laundry was actually done, it was usually done with a mixture of lye and urine. And it was very popular. Urine was very popular for cleaning hats. Ew. <laughs> it was used a, a lot for surgery. There was no such thing as clean surgical instruments unless you consider a urine-drenched scalpel clean. 
After wine, urine was the most common antiseptic during Victorian times. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was used in makeup during Elizabethan time periods. It was used to wash your face to make it clean and fair-skinned, as they claimed, as well as preserving and beautifying the person. It was also used in skin creams in northern Scotland at the same time period. I mean, I've wet the bed enough time to know that does not smell good. Fun extra tidbit, <laughs> Roman women were known to beautify their cheeks with human excrement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A little fertilizer on the face there. So now we get to, like, even, like, older... In ancient Rome, it was used as mouthwash. Oh! <laughs> so, oh. Uh, the most well-recorded early instances of humanity using mouthwash comes from ancient Rome. The Romans used to buy bottles of Portuguese urine and use that as a rinse. Uh, well, it's Portuguese, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they exported... <laughs> That they exported the urine. There's just a ship of... <laughs> because their own urine, for whatever reason, wasn't decadent enough, wasn't perhaps Yeah, like, who supplied enough. the urine? I, someone who needed a buck, I guess, in Portugal. they just hired, like, poor people to pee I would think bottles? so. I would think so. Or maybe, maybe it was animal urine? I don't know. And, like, could you imagine them tasting it? This has a nice... A little uh, bit of a bitter... A nice ting to it. <laughs> Metallic. I don't know. Taste. Little, little, little blood in here, perhaps. Oh, you know. I, I think I found a pubic hair in mine. <laughs> Ew. Oh, that probably happened a lot. Um, so they imported it from Portugal. So importing bottled urine became so popular that the Emperor Nero taxed the trade. The ammonia in urine was thought to disinfect mouths and whiten your teeth. The urine remained a popular mouthwash ingredient from from ancient Rome all the way until eight, the 18th century. So, 1700s. So, that is one of the grossest ones. <laughs> but it was used a lot in... Um, uh, in trying to diagnose people and, and how, like, what their sicknesses were. So by the late Middle Ages, the study of urine had become a common practice known as uroscopy. Yeah, well, we U still R -O -S study urine. Copy. Uroscopy? Sure. Uroscopy. <laughs> so, but they did it for, like, everything. Oh, Medieval right. doctors associated nearly every known disease with urinary characteristics. And some would diagnose patients without even meeting them. They would just examine a bottle of their urine. And that means <laughs> that they also tasted it. Ooh. Like, they claimed that they could tell if someone had, like, diabetes by tasting it. Oh, Jesus. I don't know if, how accurate that is. Um, I don't think. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't so, want to be the one to test that. And it even, uh, uroscopy even appears in shows, uh, and shows up in, like, Shakespeare. In Henry the Fourth, they talk about his urine and, like, what it, you know, like, what the test results would have been. So this is a mostly now discredited practice. Yeah. Although certain tests do still use urine to indicate whether or not you have a health issue. Yeah. Um. Or, like, pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Most often I found it was really used in a lot of, like, um, just to solve medical maladies, basically. And I'm assuming it did not work. 
I, I would I would assume not. And I guess they just realized when people didn't get better that <laughs> well, so it wasn't going to work. I, I mean, just I'll give you a little rundown of some of the things that they were doing. And you can you can judge for yourself <laughs> if you think it worked or not. So in, in Rome, again, fresh urine for the treatment of sores, burns, um, affections of the anus... This is a direct copy and paste, by the way. I have no idea what an affection of the anus. Affection, not infection. Really? I have no idea what that is. That might have just been a typo. Chaps and scorpion stings. Uh, So urine was used to to treat all of those things by just like rubbing it into the sore or the burn or the scorpion sting. Um, Stale urine. So that was fresh urine. All right. There is a difference. They also use stale urine mixed with ash, and that could be rubbed on your baby for um, rashes that they would get on their head, hmm. um, like cradle, cra- uh, cradle, cradle cap type stuff. Mm-hmm. So in early modern Europe, surgeons used urine to treat itchy eyes, I guess the, the common pink eye. I mean, I don't know, like uh, maybe the ammonia aspect of it. Just... I can't, and these people couldn't have been the healthiest to begin with, though. Yeah. I mean, so I can't imagine what their urine was like. You know, hence the exporting and importing. <laughs> the importing. The Portuguese urine is The importing of the urine. Robert Boyle, who was a very famous chemist for the time period, said that you should drink urine every day to make you uh, better. Uh, Thomas Willis, the richest doctor in England at the time, instructed some to drink urine for quote, sourness of the throat. <laughs> and I wasn't sure what sourness of the throat was, but... Maybe just a sore throat. Maybe. Um, and then lastly... I mean, it is salty. <laughs> after all of this, I, I found another list that actually was entitled Practical Uses for Urine in Ancient Rome. So there were actual, like, legit reasons to use it. Yeah. Along with all this crazy itchy eye bullshit. Well, yeah, crap. people use it for um, <laughs> jellyfish stings. I don't know if that's true or not. Actually, I should have totally should have looked that up. I, I don't know. I've heard that that you have to like pee on yourself. I've heard that it doesn't help. That it won't do anything. I think it depends on. I th- the I've heard that it even makes it worse. Oh really? I've heard that it was like it's an urban legend. Oh. Hmm. Or myth or whatever. Not an urban legend. Um, so there are actual practical uses in ancient Rome. It actually did help to whiten the teeth. So when left out seriously, too, apparently, when something left, yellow helps when, the teeth when get left whiten. out too long, urine decomposes into straight up ammonia. So which is a great cleaning product, product, and that takes out stains easily. So Roman authors like Catullus attest to people using both human and animal urine as a mouth rinse to whiten their teeth. So they had the right idea, but like, but you have to let it. You have to wait it out. Yeah, a let that you can't sit. just well, pee in a cup and who rinse who your knows mouth. how long that trip from Portugal was. That's true. For that <laughs> bottle of urine, <laughs> that's it, who knows days, weeks in ancient Rome. That probably took quite a bit. Of By the time, time they're straight up ammonia, <laughs> and it completely changed. Here we are laughing the at them, but they knew what they were doing. Apparently, it helped in growing juicier fruit. So urine also contains nitrogen and phosphorus, which are both useful for growing plants. The Roman author, oh, it's, this is going to, I'm not going to be able to say this, Columella, Columella, Kamala, Kamala Com- Harris, <laughs> Columella, I know her, Columella, 
wrote that old human urine was particularly useful for growing pomegranates and making them juicier and tastier. Hmm. Who'd have thought? Um, the ancient Romans also used it for their laundry because urine helped dissolve grease that accumulated on togas and made them bright again. I'm assuming it had to do with the ammonia. Uh, it helped to cure diseased animals from the same. These are legitimate uses, right? These are the practical uses. Oh, okay. These are the actual practical uses for urine in ancient Rome. The same author, Columella. Columella? Columella? Who knows? Let's just call her Cammy. Him. Well, her. who knows if it's a her? Um, this person s said, um, again, uh, that I can't read. Sorry. Um, that sheep with bile issues were given human urine to drink, while those with lung issues were given urine through the nose. Ew. Sick bees could also be given human urine, and bird <laughs> flu was cured by putting tepid urine in their beaks. Now, this was on the list for practical uses. I have not done any follow-up research to Wait, know if this actually worked. It could be on worked. something, because bees are going extinct, right? How do you give bees pee? I don't know. Probably injection of some sort. Like, do you just put it in the honey? I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, another and the final practical use that I found for um, human urine in ancient Rome was that tanning. Who would have thought that that was a concern? So it can whiten and tan. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, is that really on your top priority list? In those days, I wouldn't think so. The Romans frequently employed urine, dog feces, and sometimes human feces in tanning. No, not for sunning themselves outside, but for making leather. A good oh. long soak in urine would... Oh, whoopsie. I did not read the rest of this. I thought it meant tanning of the skin. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> Whoops. We're so basic. I skimmed over that part. I, I should actually read the whole thing. Yeah, read thing. it before you copy and paste. Whoopsie. Never mind. Not tanning of the skin. A good long soak in urine would help remove hair from the pelt, and then feces were ground into it, sometimes for hours at a time. The enzymes made the bacteria in the feces soften, um, feces soften the hide, making it more supple. <laughs> so I have one last little sidebar for this, because I wanted to, to include some other facts, not just urine, and bring it on back to my original search, which was which was odd hygiene practices over over the course of history. So I have five odd and bizarre hygiene practices, um, miscellaneous of nature. They're not all urine related. And this was from list25.com. So wigs, as you may suspect, were, were usually infested with lice. Oh. Um, but they were also shaped with animal fat. So they smelled really bad and often caught on fire. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. You didn't Can even you have to be hit by lightning for that one. <laughs> Spontaneous combustion. There we go. <laughs> um, people thought that uh, chicken droppings mixed with potassium uh, were a cure for baldness. So chicken poop and potassium Why was chickens? rubbed into the scalp to cure baldness. It's because chickens have feathers all the time. You what never see a bald chicken. Well, they do. They do you say molt? Birds molt. Is that what you call it when they're when they're? It's kind of like how dogs mm. shed and their oh. hair, but they still have hair, but some comes out, and then sometimes they pick them out when they go crazy. Yeah, and chickens are cannibals too, so who knows? They might pick really? each other. Yes, they will eat their mm. own eggs. Yeah, 
They will eat their own eggs. I mean, they are good. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the first chicken to find that out? <laughs> hey, this thing I just pooped out, it tastes really good. Well, it's kind of like dogs eat their own shit. They're like, eh, maybe oh it was like God. one of those I know, those that's also kind of They're just like, odd. How do, ooh, what does this taste like? So, <laughs> probably one of the most fascinating ones is um, a specific to royalty. When a royal went to the bathroom, if you were a king, you did not wipe your own butt. Kings typically had someone who was called, quote, <laughs> Groom of the stool, end quote. This person's job was to carry around the king's portable toilet and cleaning necessities. Oh, my God. Of course, you would also have to help wipe up afterwards. And contrary to what you may think, this position was actually highly coveted and often given to <laughs> sons of nobles, <laughs> whereas, like, the lowly peasant would just use a leaf to wipe their own ass. So, I mean, I can't even imagine being like, oh, please, sir. Can you imagine, like, trying out for that job? Like, all right, front to back. (laughs) But, like, I, when I first started reading that, I thought, like, oh, he's the, like, redheaded stepchild of the nobleman. Like, who did you piss off? Oh, look at Tom. He's got to wipe his butt. You hear? But no. (laughs) (laughs) But no, no, no. It is highly coveted. So people would, like, fight over this. I don't know if they'd fight over it, but they were probably pretty excited. Yay, I get to be the groom of stool. Groom? Groom of stool. Okay, okay. Um, and then lastly, um, it, it was the last one I found was um, in regards to unfashionable eyebrows and face makeup. So uh, whatever an unfashionable eyebrow looked like at this time period, hundreds of years ago in the Victorian era, um, they were often masked by small bits of skin from a mouse. Oh, I thought you were going to say a caterpillar. <laughs> really? I don't know. Why? Because of the shape? Yeah, and you know people are like, oh, their uh, their eyebrows look like a caterpillar. I don't know. I can't even imagine having the job to like, you know, mouse skin, mouse skin for sale, da, da, two bits, mouse skin, and like you know the person who like sells that. I don't know. I can just imagine them on the street. Here you go, sir. You know you want to help your wife with her unfashionable eyebrows. Take some of this mouse bits. Ugh. I don't know. That's so gross. And it's not like people couldn't tell. You know, I guess someone thought that they could. Like, is that much like a toupee? Is that real or is, oh, oh no, that's that's mouse skin. That's mouse skin from far away though. <laughs> it, I thought looked totally real. So women also during the Victorian era used lead powder to give their faces a creamy white complexion, <laughs> and instead of washing it off, many times they would just keep adding more lead to their face and more powder, um, so it would really cake on. Real pretty. Like, you know, when we first learned how to put makeup on in the middle, in middle school. Um, not surprisingly, this led to a lot of sickness. And freckles were also considered to be unsightly. And Aww. often people would rub sulfur into their skin and try to get rid of it. Literally trying to get oh, rid of the freckles. I'm unsightly. I guess I'm pretty unsightly as well. Mm. Oh, blessed be the redheads of that time period. My yeah, God. Thank you. God, we do not live in that era. So, uh, who knows what 200 years, 300 years from now, what things we do that they think I know. Odd. That's what I was thinking. I was like, now, I how many see, things did we get wrong? <laughs> remember that, like, I think it was like a VH1 or MTV show, like, Life of the Rich and Fabulous or whatever. Yeah. I did see one of those episodes where it was uh, modern times. I mean, obviously, that show's not on, but people were 
using urine and like really expensive shampoos and conditioners and things like that. Hmm. Some people I think even just inject it to their bodies too. Cause they think that like urine will just like make them healthy. And obviously this is a very antiquated <laughs> idea. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some truth to that. I mean, I mean, I think it just really is the ammonia is really what helped a lot of things. And obviously now we can just go out and buy ammonia. Yeah. You know, we don't have well, to yeah, pee that's it out of our why. bodies. Maybe that's why, too. They didn't have that ability. I know. It's just weird how things back then were like, oh, that's so gross. But it was just, they didn't think twice about it. I mean, like, it. rubbing poop on your face. And, like, drinking it. Like, ew. It, it makes you wonder, is it... Is it only gross because we put that label on it, you know? It's gross because it smells. But obviously it couldn't have smelled to them that bad if they're because washing Because they already stuff. smelled. They only took a shower <laughs> or a bath once a year, and it was a communal tub. Remember? Don't lose the baby in the bathwater. Right, right, right. So, like, it, people would go for, like, a full year without bathing. Damn. And they only ever had, like, three or four outfits and they just would keep reusing them and would do laundry on a very rare instance. Ugh. The smells that they I must know. have had already. They must have just gotten They probably used didn't to even it. smell the urine at that point. It was just the same. I guess it's like <laughs> we have we have smelling privilege, you know. We don't I mean, know what it's like. I mean, and like the not dead mouse smell. skin on their face. <laughs> Who knows what they smelled like on a daily basis? That's weird. Cuz you know, when you smell something bad, it bothers you and it's distracting, but Oh, is it? Oh my God, it is. Yeah. The other, I think it was months and months ago, but I was behind someone in the grocery store checkout line and I, I had to cover my face. Yeah. It was so bad. I was like, no, like you have to turn away. It was just like a regular looking person, but it's straight up feces. Oh, really? This person. (gasps) Not B.O. It smelled like they had pooped in their pants. Oh. And I was just like, gagging you know yeah Yeah, but did they just ignore it or was it did they mask it i would assume that unless somebody had an accident or just everyone smelled and they just didn't notice it after a while i think stinky people don't smell it because they're used to it yeah hmm that's interesting the evolution of smell All right. Well, thank you for for that topic. For do you feel like me you out. you were in for a treat? I I was in. Well, it only makes sense if you say you're in. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was nice, short and sweet. Yeah, that was that was very uh, ed- educational. <laughs> yeah. So I do get a little bit of it now because of the whole ammonia thing. Yeah. But. Don't get the smell is what gets me. Don't as get you can tell by don't my get a lot of that. Oh, yeah, gross. I know that's. I just imagine like the first time someone wanted to clean their clothes, just pee on it. Yeah, you know, or like the first time someone wanted to like rinse out their mouth. Well, isn't this handy? And they're like, how did they know that it would turn into this strong? Like, if you let it sit out, how do you know that it would turn into like ammonia? Back then. Well, I have no idea. Someone trial really and smart. error. <laughs> well, maybe they just left their their pee out just by chance, and then they're like, "Wait, I think we can use this." Yeah, I guess. <laughs> What's but, yours? Well, so mine is. I'm going to take you 
bay and listeners into the world of creative dog grooming. <laughs> <laughs> Is this because the National Dog Show was on the other day? Is that what they call it? National Dog Show? That doesn't sound was right. It I did not know that. Um, no, it's not. It's, it's, oh, what is it called? It's like the Kennel Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. American Kennel Club. There was like a dog show on and I clicked on it, but it was a commercial so that I kept going. No, actually this was inspired. I was watching TLC late at night, which don't do or you're going to see some weird stuff. (laughs) Um, and they had a show on there called, um, shoot, where was it? Um, well, okay, so <laughs> it it was called Wait, That's a Dog? But apparently... <laughs> no, that was the show's name? Yeah. Wait, That's a Dog. Yes. But oh apparently, goodness. so I thought this was new. I looked it up. It was actually originally aired 10 years ago, and it was called Extreme Poodles or something. Um, and then they changed the name? Yeah, and then I guess maybe because of the dog show that was on. Um, but anyway, so... Creative grooming uh, is, a, um, I got this from a an article in the NY Times called OMG, Look at That Dog by <laughs> Pia P- Peterson. And I'm going to post some pictures on Facebook because you really got to see some of these because it's actually pretty cool. I think from an art perspective, yeah. you might appreciate it. I think that we're also going to have an Instagram soon if I, oh. I can get myself together. So mean, we should be yeah. able to post pictures on together. that too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so creative grooming is an offshoot of traditional grooming in which dogs, uh, mostly standard poodles, but also golden doodles, Bichon Frises, is that how you say it? Yeah, most <laughs> people say freeze, but oh. Frise, I think you is know, the, the accent way. throws me off. And so even sometimes huskies, but it's most, mostly poodles. Huskies, my goodness. Yeah, uh, they grow out their fur and then they have it cut and dyed by their handlers to represent a theme and the dogs are basically living canvases. Um, oh, yeah, well, well, yeah, it's very, uh, it is controversial because, um, you know, PETA has spoken out about the safety and cruelty to dogs, um, and potential allergies to the dye. Mm -hmm. Um, there are competitions and, um, so the big one, there's one in Hershey, Pennsylvania that they talked about. Um, there's one in this, uh, in the special that I watched, it was Barclay's creative grooming competition and the prize was a cover on groomer to groomer magazine. <laughs> oh my God. These I wonder were what the number of subscribers to that magazine is. I don't know, but there were a lot of it, groomer to groomer. <laughs> it was all women that were competing, but, um, so for some of them, um, and it was, uh, not so let me go back so in some competitions all styling is done within the um in the ring during a time period of around two and a half hours yeah okay in other competitions that's like like a hair show yeah people do this i know and uh in this competition the barclays they were able to pre-dye them or pre-color them and um do a little like trimming but most of the work is done and it is done within the two-hour period. Like, they have a countdown, they have a clock, and they all have their little grooming stands. The like poodles are all there. Yeah. The dogs. Yeah, so they give them two hours. And I think, I'm guessing the two hours is because of for the animals' well-being. 
Um, you know, they obviously don't want to keep them standing there any longer. Um, yeah. But it is, a lot of work goes into this. Um, and the, the groomers or the owners, uh, most of the people owned their dogs and they were also the groomers. Okay. Um, because a lot of it had to be done in stages to... Because, like, they literally, they didn't just dye the the body. Like, they incorporated the legs, too. I have to... Sh- I We will have to yeah, post some the photos pictures, of this. Actually, I think one of the winners um, in one of the articles did an It theme. And that was actually pretty cool. <laughs> like, oh, she... That's so creepy. Yeah, I mean, it's creepy, but it is very creative. I don't know. Um... Let's see. I can only, like, imagine what it would look like. I know, and it's so weird, like, how they can do this all on fur. Because I wouldn't think poodle fur is very easy to work with. Yeah. Um, so they dye it, and it kind of showed the process. Like, they use stencils. Oh. Um, but, like, ugh, I can't imagine trying to paint on, like, dog Yeah, like fur. a cotton ball. Yeah, because it, you know, it, it fights back a yeah, little bit. it's not flat. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, like, and then they would trim it, like, multiple, like, like, looking like vines, like, they would trim the hair so it's, like, uneven, so it, like, stands out, almost like a, like, it, to make it more, like, 3D, I guess, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, like um, a pop-up. Yeah, the person who won in the, the TLC special was um, half, uh, half lion and half zebra, I think. It was pretty A cool. Libra? Yeah, Libra. <laughs> Isn't that, like, something that, like, is in, like, Napoleon Dynamite, where it's, like... <laughs> like a I don't remember. <laughs> you remember he's, like, a... No, that was a liger. You no. remember Napoleon Dynamite? It's, like, what's your favorite animal? A liger. <laughs> it's, like, a cross between, a, like, a lion and a tiger. Yeah, but so not only do they do the grooming, um, but they also have to do a little performance. A performance? Like what? Like related to their theme. Like this one, this one people did like a Native American theme, so they dressed in like tribal gear. That is cultural appropriation of dogs. I know. (laughs) And the dog just kind of stood there while they, the people did the performance. Um, Oh, that's cheating. You yeah. gotta get the dog to do the performance. Oh, not the oh, and one, um, <laughs> one was a roller derby girl, and she she made hers look like a roller derby. She made her dog look like she painted on skates and she painted on knee pads, oh, and she dyed cute. the whole poodle pink. Now, do they? Does this like stay? So then, like a month after this, it's just like starting to wash out. Um. So they use. I think they have to use like vegetable based. Uh, dye. That makes sense. So, so it yeah, doesn't the, last it's for like, a super long period no, of time. I don't think so. But like the week after these competitions, if you're taking your dog for a walk in your neighborhood, they like it though. They like like they like people coming up to them and getting like I think they like the attention. Yeah. I mean, if you're putting all this work into it, that you is probably, very true. You probably want some, you know, some appreciation, or you probably <laughs> want it to last a little longer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so they had the roller derby girl. That was funny. I, I honestly thought she would do real well, but it's funny because it's like any other competition where, like, they all are getting ready together and they're, like, want, sizing each other up, like, yeah. oh, she's the girl who won last year, and, ooh, <laughs> I, I, she's going to be a hard one to beat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what other 
what other themes. I wonder, it also kind of interests me, like, the person who pays money to watch this. Like, you're not actually Oh, competing. well, it's free to spectators, apparently. Oh, it is. <laughs> but there was a good amount of people there. Um, yeah, like, I mean, what drives you to Oh, my to God, the judge was so funny. He's like, he was like, oh, that one's not very good, or like... He was just, like, very... Harsh. Yeah. He's the Simon Cowell of the Yeah, exactly. Like, he just, like, went in there like, oh, no. No. <laughs> and, like, he... Next! Yeah. And he's like, it's more about... It's, like, not just about, like, cutting the fur, you know, grooming the fur, you know. It's about the whole picture. Presentation. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they dyed these dogs from head to toe. Honestly, you know, and they, the groomers argued, like, the dogs liked it, or they liked the attention. And these people really did seem to love their dogs. I, mean, I would were, certainly hope so. Like, the so. roller derby girl, she she brought the dog, like, with her to roller derby, and, like, would let her run around the track oh, with that's her. that's so cute. Yeah, so, yeah, I was just, like, but it, it did kind of, like, it is compared to, like, pageants, so... Yeah. And that was a little Yeah. It does make me worry about like are you exploiting well. your dog? Uh-huh. But it's not I don't even think they get money. I think they just get that being on the cover. Which I guess if you have a grooming business, that's you, really there good. There has to be one where they get money. I guess. Because they, think of all the money they have to spend to do this. I mean, I I spend money doing Irish dance competitions. I don't get any money from that. Uh, yeah. So um, but yeah, but a lot of these people had grooming businesses, so the publicity, I would think, by being on oh, yes. the groomer to that groomer would probably, yeah, that would probably, magazine. You could have, like, a little banner yeah. in, your, in your... Yeah, a little... In your place of work, yeah. place of business. But apparently, um, grooming or dog, uh, the, the dog industry is growing in terms of, <laughs> like, how much people are spending money on it. Um, $72.13 billion was spent on the pet industry in 2018, and it's rap- rapidly growing. I totally believe it. One yeah. of our friends the other day sent me a, a, a Facebook message of uh, guinea pig Halloween oh. costumes. <laughs> I mean... I know who that friend is. Uh, who who <laughs> thought of making that into an industry? Oh, my God. Apparently, like, PetSmart sells them. <laughs> and, like, because I used to have a guinea pig, so that's why she sent it to me. And I was like, I absolutely would have bought one of these. Yeah. And tried to put it on him. Really? Yeah. I feel like it'd be really I mean, hard to put on I'd, a guinea pig I costume. mean, he was pretty chill. Like, he wasn't, like... It was... And they were, like... A lot of them were, like, hats. <laughs> like, little hats. Like, little, like, pirate hats. and Oh, my God. Um, like, wizard hats. I do think that, like... <laughs> and goggles and stuff. Like, I feel bad for the dogs and dog costumes, but they can be so... Yeah, well, I've tried. I definitely put a jacket on my dog in the winter time, just because he's so little. So I feel like he's got to be free. Oh my god, dogs in jackets are the cutest thing. When yeah. I see that, I saw a dog in little shoes the other day. I was like, oh that that I think is a little extreme. I know that people put shoes on. Yeah, them it's like they're meant to be outside because they're afraid of like the salt. In oh the yeah. Time. Or if they have um, sensitive paws. Yeah, messing with their paws. Or so like, I know people do that. And then glass. when I used to work at the pet store, someone said that they bought it because they had like wood floors and their dog was like elderly and they needed like traction. Yeah. They were like slipping around everywhere. So I think there are legitimate reasons, but I think nine times out of ten people just want to look at them. 
and see how cute they look. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, but yeah, I don't I, think I'd ever put shoes on my dog. I always, I've seen the process of putting them on, and it is laborious, and they oh, look yeah. ridiculous. They, and they don't walk, stay on. They walk like deer. Oh yeah. <laughs> like when they lift their they're like, like what the heck I can is really on me? Imagine how weird it feels for them. They're like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, but I. I always felt weird when I saw a dog that had their hair dyed because I was like, first of all, they did not consent to that, but obviously they can't con- really consent to anything we do to them, but yeah, I don't know. And it does make me worry, you know, to c- constantly dye them different colors. Like, that's got to have an effect One on their skin. One doesn't do their skin, yeah. Because yeah. you shouldn't bathe them... S- you, you obviously you should bathe them, but you shouldn't bathe them too often because then it dries out their yeah. skin. Yeah, yeah, and it, and the biggest thing is like them having to stand there um, for that amount of time. That was the yeah. biggest compl- like people got worried about. But I mean, from what I read in these articles, it was you know they there's no like safety uh, requirements really. But I'm sure there's got to be in terms of like in terms of entering the competition, but. But I mean, like you know, there's there's no regulation. Some random person was like, "I can do that," and then they come and they like totally can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're like, like they're really way out terrible. of there. Like what is the requirement? There's got to be, be some part sort of, of yeah application. Like, what if you've never process? done it before? And you're like, yeah, that seems easy. I want to try it. <laughs> I want to just yeah. you know, I'm give me a poodle. Turn. Uh, spike into a volcano. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, there was one lady that tried to do a camel and it did not. Oh, I can only imagine what that looked like. It she was had, probably so ugly. Yeah, and it and it was her goal to own a camel and she had like a, a farm and she had an, I think it was an emu or, or an ostrich and the ostrich would just run around with the poodle <laughs> like they were friends. I was like, oh what my What was God. the winning one? Uh, the winning one was the, the lion... Slash, it was like safari, but it was the like a lion, lion zebra. I can't remember the if it was a lion or zebra or what it was, but it was pretty cool. But I thought the roller derby one was pretty cool too, because that took a lot of work. Um, I'm trying to remember. There's what the other ones were. Just some ones I saw online. Like I saw the it one. Oh, there was one that did uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and like she had what all the, the faces like on their. Like, so all the faces on the body, and then the, the dog's ears were dyed black, and the dog's face was supposed to be, like, the uh, Snow White. <laughs> Spitting yeah. image. Again, I'll, I will post pictures, because you really can't... Yeah. It doesn't make sense, and even when you see it, you're like, what? Because it looks so <laughs> weird. It's like you're looking at dog's fur, but it's, it's like, the... Kind of reminds me of, like, the, uh, I guess almost like a cake decorating contest, or, like... The sand art things, you know. Oh, okay. When you're like, oh, this isn't gosh, supposed the, to look like this, but it does. The castle ones, those are yeah. so cool. Yeah. I always wanted to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't have but the patience for that. I actually, I, I, so I'm gonna have to, I guess, follow up on the next episode because I did find someone willing to uh, let me interview them. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Who? Um, her her name is Dawn. I I just found her off of Facebook, but I um I I sent my questions in too late that I wasn't able to to get responses. But okay, next week I will um share. Cause Look I, at you. I know. I was like, I want to I want to see if anyone I'm will let me interview. And it was the first person I I asked who I thought for sure she'd be like no or like, just who are not you? respond yeah i know like if you got asked to do like an interview for a podcast would you like over facebook i would it? totally give answers yeah 
But I would want to know a little more about the podcast. And I, like, that reminds me of like when I was doing um uh, uh art history paper and like we were supposed to like pretend that we were like a fictional person in the life of someone who actually did exist, like a friend or a coworker or someone. Yeah. And like write these diaries or whatever and pretend oh that like, we knew them and like and like I've I picked some a random artist from like the sixties and she was like a part of this school where all these people were, you know, up and coming artists. And then I found one of them on Facebook, like one of the friends of the person and I it, it like wrote out this like plea, hey, you know, like <laughs> FYI, you know, I'm doing this thing. And then she, uh, she wrote me back and just encouraged me to buy her book. Oh. <laughs> the paper was due, like, the next week. I was like, oh no, thank God. you. <laughs> Can't you help a student out? I don't have any I money. I just wanted, like, just, like, like, what was the experience like? What was this person? Like, really simple questions. You know, like, nothing, yeah. like, in super detail. And, and then... Gotta she, buy the book. You know, I, I thank you so much for inquiring. I would really go out and buy my book. Talk to my press manager. I'm like, oh goodness. Like, I'm not giving you money. Yeah. Not after that response. It's like, this is free press for you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's neat that, that they responded. I know. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dawn. Um, we'll have to, you know, read her answers next week. Okay. And we really should, I, I've been meeting, I was, I was just thinking about it this past week. I'm like, we really do need an Instagram. Yeah. So, and that way we can post like little po pictures from, um. Cause that's what all the young kids are using. The Insta. The young kids. And we're not that old. Well, we're not kids. <laughs> oh, and FYI for the listeners who don't know, we just both had a birthday. Yay. Woo! 21. Not only are we BFFs, but our birthdays are less than a week apart. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Virgos all the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's that's the show for today. Yeah. Thanks so for listening. For all those people who listen at us, what double speed to you know make up for the time frame that you have to listen. Yeah, we kept this it is a nice two, short episode tonight. Yeah, to two, uh, two. What do you call two those? increments? Yes, two parts. <laughs> two parts we don't get. All right. All right. See ya.